Let's talk money now. Our personal finance expert, Mary Holm, is in the studio. Kia ora, Mary. Kia ora, Jesse. Great to see you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, haven't <laughs> let the stress of Christmas get to you yet. You're not worried about Christmas, are you? I you sort of Christmas I out. I don't do much Christmas. Ages ago. I have to say, yeah. I mean, we, my family, we do birthday presents to one another and skip Christmas, which is... Makes life a lot easier. Takes the stress off everyone. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's really good. Um, but in the topic today, I thought this is a bit. It's a bit sort of Scroogey or Grinchy or something to be talking about debt in the run up to Christmas. But at the same time, unfortunately, this is the the month when people do run up debt. And I've seen figures on um, credit card payments in January. People are much more likely to get behind on their payments yeah. than in other months because they just run up too much debt for Christmas and for the holidays, of mm. course. So so a good um, time to remind people well, how to think about debt and how yeah, to approach debt. Yeah, so, so even though it is, as I say, a bit of a, a downer of a subject, shall we say. Mm. But, and and um, I was thinking first of having a look at what wealth is or net worth. People sometimes talk about somebody's net worth yeah. or their wealth. And if you say to someone what's wealth, a lot of people will say to look, look at people's, what they own mm. and their savings and their houses and their cars and all of that. But actually your wealth is what you own minus, sorry, what you own minus what you owe. Mm-hmm. So there's a really interesting book called The Millionaire Next Door, uh, written by two American researchers. It's quite a long time ago, back when a millionaire really was quite something. Mm. And and their main point of the book is that a lot of a lot of people in America, in particular professional people, have got all the houses, cars, country clubs, and all of that. But they're not all that wealthy because they've got huge debt. Yeah. And it's quite often the house, the people that live in the house next door that have never bothered to trade up houses, who often run their own business actually, and have quietly become millionaires. So so the point is that it's not about assets, it's about assets minus yeah. debt. Yeah. And And everyone can do that mental calculation. Or, yes, mm. I think they can really. And and I was wandering along the beach the other day and thinking about this, which is a bit of a worry, but um how I was going to explain it here. Yeah. And I thought about something that that has Good stuff coming in and then bad stuff going out. Yeah. And thought of a water tank with a tap at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So so the idea is that um, you've got your water tank and it's holding water and that's your wealth. And if you buy something, if you take some money out of savings or, or just your bank account and buy something, that doesn't actually change your wealth because you've got less cash but you've got whatever you bought with it mm-hmm. instead. And so that doesn't actually change your wealth. If you spend the money on, say, a holiday, what you've got then is your memories and <laughs> the yeah. time you had on the holiday and, and all that. So so spending money in itself doesn't necessarily change your wealth because you've got something for it. But if you borrowed by something, and I'm talking about um, borrowing to buy a house or mm. borrowing to buy a T-shirt or borrowing to buy anything the interest you're paying on that is actually like you're turned on the tap at the bottom of the water tank. Mm. And so money's coming out, out of the tap, or water's coming out of the tap. It's um, your wealth is going down. Meanwhile, if you've got 
some savings there and you're getting returns on the savings, which might be interest or dividends or mm. or whatever, that's water coming into the tank. So mm. it's coming in at the top. So you've got your savings coming in and your interest payments going out yeah. the bottom of the tank. Um, and a lot of people have both going. They've got a savings account and earning interest on it, for example. And a lot of people have got KiwiSaver, of course. And in the meantime, you're, um, you've got the tap open at the bottom and you're paying interest on debt. Mm. And that's not ideal. You're, going, you're kind of basically going nowhere with water coming in and water going out again. Um, and, and, and to get it, to make it a little bit more precise, if we look at the rate of return on the money coming in, mm-hmm. If it was equal to the interest you're paying on the on the debt, the money, the water going out the tap at the bottom, then you make there's no change to yeah, your wealth. Yeah, you, you you just it's going out and it's coming in at the same time. But if you're paying high interest on debt, then the water's really gushing out the tap at the bottom. And the way to measure that, I mean, if, if let's say it was. 20%, which is quite common on credit cards. Mm. And by the way, I know the younger people tending to, or lots of people of any age are tending now to be doing more buy now, pay later mm. than credit card. And with buy now, pay later, you don't usually pay interest mm-hmm. as such. But if you don't meet your payments, then you start paying all sorts of charges and it can amount to even more than 20%. It can get horrendous. So um, <clears throat> doesn't make much difference in a way. Um just to be so, accurate on yes. absolutely accurate on that, isn't there a cap on um, what they can charge you? Those I think things? there is. Yeah. I'm actually not I, right I, up. I with don't that. think yes. they're quite as um, bad as the ones that people used to go door yes. to door and get people in debt. No, you're right. Yeah, there are there are um, there but are anyway, on that. there are um, there are penalties and and drawbacks. It's not free money. No, it's um, not. Particularly if it's not a good idea. Yeah. yeah, not a good idea to be doing buy now pay later. Really, unless you absolutely know you've got more income coming in shortly. Mm. But um, so here we got with high interest debt. You've got the water gushing out of yeah. the water tank really fast. And you're not, even if you've got savings sitting there in the bank, what you need to do is have a look at the interest that you're earning on the um, on the savings, let's say, in the bank, and the interest you're paying on the debt. And if you're paying 20% on the debt, you're not earning 20% on the no. money coming in the top. And don't and forget for, tax too. That's like uh, the Prime Minister that's right. at the mouth of the tank. Drinking a third of the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, this metaphor's going out of control. Yeah, no, no, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, so if it's high interest debt, you really want to turn that tap off. You want to, you want to get rid mm. of that high interest debt fast. It's it's a killer, and you know to do as well as that, you would have to be earning on your savings twenty percent if that's what mm. the interest rate is you're paying on your credit card, and you can't do that after fees and taxes and and everything else. It's just it doesn't happen. So looking at mortgages, um, oh, and by the way, before I get onto that, I just want to, while I remember it, KiwiSaver. Yeah. People are still putting money into KiwiSaver on a regular basis often, and they have debt. And so in the KiwiSaver might not be earning as high a return as hmm. the interest they're paying on yeah. their debt, especially if it's if it's credit card interest and so on. But I don't 
I don't really suggest you stop your KiwiSaver payments. You could. If you had huge high interest debt, maybe suspend your KiwiSaver mm. savings for a while to get rid of it. But I basically, I think you want the habit to be continuing with KiwiSaver. And so I... I, and you're getting money coming in from the government and your employer yeah. and so many So you're going to put that in a special category. Yes, mm. and say don't, probably don't stop your KiwiSaver contributions unless you've really got got a lot of debt. Yeah. But well, I would Also stop, that, sorry, and I know it's more complicated than this, but that first $1,000 you put into KiwiSaver each year gets a in theory, a 50% return. That's right. In, in that first year, mm. it does, yes, from, from the government. It doesn't after that. Yeah, so no, that's where the maths gets, yeah. gets complicated. But, but every 1,000 yeah. you put in will get a 50% return that's right. in it, that year. It, in that year, mm. indeed. And so um, so I wouldn't suggest you stop KiwiSaver. But moving on to mortgages, they're a bit trickier. Currently, you've got interest of maybe about 7% on a mortgage. And you're not really going to be earning 7% after fees and tax, etc., on investments, usually. And, and don't forget, repaying any debt is, is um, risk-free, whereas yeah. if you're wanting to try and earn 7% on something, you're going to have to take a fair bit of risk, mm. and it'll be volatile. It'll sometimes work and sometimes not. So generally speaking, I say keep your KiwiSaver going, but beyond that... If you've got any spare money, use it to pay the mortgage down to get rid of it. Wasn't it was interesting two or three years, two years ago, maybe when when mortgage interest rates were about two percent for a while, mm. then people were saying to me, "Well, instead of paying extra off the mortgage, should I be putting it into a, some kind of savings?" And I was saying, well, yeah, maybe, actually. the share market was sort of booming as well. Yes, that's right. For for part of that period, it was. Yeah, it was up and it was down kind of a lot. Op- opposite to the usual that's right. way of things. Yeah. yeah, it was an unusual situation. And so for a while there, um, paying down a mortgage didn't look particularly attractive. But look, mortgage rates have gone back to a more of a typical rate. And so you can't really go wrong paying a mortgage down. Mm-hmm. Um, student loans are an interesting one, though, because the way they work, if you're living in New Zealand, you repay 12% of every dollar you make over, and this is typical government, 22828 I love I love the amounts of dollars they have. It's probably been adjusted for inflation over yeah. the years. Um, but beyond that, should you be putting extra money into paying off your student loan? If you live in New Zealand, remembering that you're paying 0% on it, and that is like the tap is not open because the the, the bottom of the tank, it's 0% mm. interest. And so you're actually better off saving money elsewhere than paying... Mary Holmes' off. most controversial <laughs> position. Get ready, letter writers. <laughs> but I do have to say there are a couple of buts on this. Um if you're applying for a mortgage, apparently it can be quite a problem if you've got a student loan because the bank or any other lender is going to be looking at oh, yeah. your whole situation and saying, saying, look, you've got a debt here. Um, on the other hand, if you have saved a bigger deposit because you were putting money into the deposit instead of paying extra off the student loan, that probably puts you in a stronger position for applying for a mortgage. So... It's slightly complicated, that one. Mm. And I, I, 
it, it's not a bad idea if you're thinking of applying for a mortgage to get that student loan down, I would say. And if you're thinking of going overseas, definitely get the student loan down because the, um, the you pay interest once you go overseas. And that interest rate varies depending on whether you're being good and making regular payments back, in which case it's 2.9%, which isn't too bad. Yeah. But it can be up as high as 6.9% if you're late with your payments. Ah. And... Um, and I was reading about, every now and then you hear about someone being arrested at the border for mm. owing a huge amount of student loan debt. Apparently that's very rare. Yeah. But nonetheless, you can be hassled at the border. and It doesn't seem know, to be a high priority for IOD. No, no, it doesn't. Because they wouldn't have trouble finding people if they wanted examples of well, people who'd just done a runner and not... Um, the Part of the trouble is that they rec- that people say that quite a few young people gone overseas owed student loan money, haven't been making any payments, and they're just too scared to come back to New Zealand. Mm. And that's not a good situation to be in. And so so broadly, I would say, with if you're thinking of going overseas, it's just a good idea to get rid of the student loan, even though it's only 0%. Okay. Now, have we got a quick thing here? We because, do, yeah. Now you've yeah. got all the time in the world. Um, great. Uh, because this is kind of, it's nice to know that every now and then our sessions bear fruit quite, and sometimes quite quickly. Last time we were talking about services offered by KiwiSaver providers, yeah. and apparently Sam Stubbs at Simplicity uh, was listening to the broadcast, and he wrote and said, Your program with Jesse on KiwiSaver services spurred us into action as we couldn't believe we were second from bottom, because mm. they were, they scored a very low score on the services that they offer KiwiSaver members, and that's as as told to the world by the Retirement Commission. They mm. survey all the all the providers and nothing to do with fees um, or returns. This is the extra information right. they provide you with. You know, yes, whether, um, and whether you can categories. be in more than one yeah, fund yeah, at once, yeah. and whether you, all sorts of stuff like that. And those who didn't hear last time, so one can listen to it on mm. on the podcast. Yeah. But um, and Sam says, Sam Stubbs at, at, at Simplicity says, it turns out that in the last services survey by the Retirement Commission, we accidentally resubmitted answers from over two years ago, so they sent in the wrong one. Our fault, he says, things have improved a lot in the last few years. So in fact, they had improved their services a lot. And when they got back to the Retirement Commission and said, hey, we sent you the wrong mm-hmm. information, their rating went up from two and a half stars to four and a half stars. Oh, good. So then uh, the best one is still New Zealand Funds, which has five stars, a fairly small KiwiSaver provider. But Simplicity is now second equal with ASB, Booster, Fisher and Milford. Okay. So that's – and one more quite important thing is that Sam Stubbs also says – I've had a go at him here and in my Weekend Herald column about not letting people be in more than one fund with simplicity. And in the past he said to me, we're just trying to keep things cheap. But he's come back now and said, we've had had it on our to-do list, but your comments have nudged it up. So it will be completed early next year. So Simplicity is going to let people be in more than one of their KiwiSaver funds. And, and as discussed by um, you on the show previously, an example of that might be, hey, you're coming up to 65, you want access yes. to some of your money in the short term, but you plan to live another 20 years, yes. so you want to keep some of it in the long term, and so you're in two different That's funds. right. Yeah. And the other example is people who... Um, 
are got lot the money's that tied up for a long time. It might be twenty or thirty years, but they're a bit nervous about putting it all in high risk, so they've got it in low risk. And I'm saying to people in that situation, perhaps put a quarter of your money mm. into a high risk one and test the waters, see if you can cope with the ups and downs, and gradually move more. And so you need to be able to be in two funds to do that. Can I throw a couple of texts at you? Sure. Well, one sister comment, Joe says, two years ago I finished doing exactly what Mary just recommended with getting rid of mortgage debt. We lived poor, but now we have no interest debt. Joe's proud of that, as he should be. Fantastic, yeah. Mary, I have a – oh, this is a tough one to (laughs) test your brain. I've got a low interest 1% loan with my bank for a new low emissions vehicle. It'll be at 1% for three years. You know, these new campaigns that that if you buy something that's kind of climate friendly, the bank gives you a – a low interest loan. Yeah, which is neat. So 1% for three years, then at my home loan rate rate after that, I will be able to pay a quarter of the loan off shortly. Am I better to do that now or save the money and use it to pay off the loan in three years? Save the money. Mm. At 1%, that person can put, instead, put the money in just in a bank savings account or a bank term deposit. And even you get taxed on your interest, but even after, after that... You're going to be making more than one percent. That's what you want to look at. If you're going to make more than one percent elsewhere, or pay off your home loan mortgage, right? Which well, is yeah, charged absolutely. At the normal rate. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah but that one percent loan, uh, playing the game, you keep it going as long as possible. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. It's a pleasure, Jesse. Great session, Mary Holm, personal finance expert. If you came in late, uh, you can hear the whole session on our podcasts page. Uh, And today we were talking about different sorts of debt and how to approach it.